All right, we continue on the phone with Washington, D.C. Congressman French Hill joins us today. So what was it that Grassley said to A.G. Barr talking about uh, Hillary Clinton and the DNC? When you talk about collusion, that's the definition. Yeah, I don't. I uh, I don't know what they said to each other because I've actually worked all day and not watched <laughs> any of the William Barr testimony. But all I know is that uh, Bill Barr is an honorable guy. Bob Mueller is an honorable guy. And there's no collusion, no obstruction. The nope. Department of Justice reviewed this material. They cleared President Trump. I sure wish we could move on and talk about things that are of importance to the country. Well, I can move on. Shall we move on? <laughs> Let Only, well, I'm never tired of talking about it with you, Dave. So. <laughs> well, I'd rather move on because let's talk about the great economic news that's coming out because that's what's going to beat the Democrats in 2020. Yeah, this is, you know, I was looking when I was home last week, looking at the, uh, state statistics on job growth in Arkansas and just how broad-based it's been and expanding across the states. And then uh, today, with this news that private payrolls grew 275,000 jobs last month, that's a big number. And we haven't seen a number that big since last summer. Uh, So it's supporting, it seems to me, this underlying uh, 3% level of growth. All right, let's talk one of the things that came out. Maybe you can shed some light on this because you work real closely with the economic uh, uh, things that are going on up there in Congress. And it says a solid increase in U.S. exports resulted in the best first quarter in GDP growth in the last six years. Why this increase in exports? Well, it's a little counterintuitive because when you watch TV at night, we're told that our economy is slowing and that Europe is slow, that, Japan, yeah. uh, that uh, China is slowing. But I think it shows you that we have a resurgence that we've been talking about for two years in both services and in agriculture and in manufactured goods, principally in manufactured goods. And don't forget something that you and I have talked about over the years something I'm particularly proud of, and that's our oil exporting capacity now and our liquefied natural gas. And I think if you look at LNG exports uh, in the country, that's a big contributor. That's going to be huge because, you know, we're making it difficult on the Soviets and we're making it difficult on Iran. And if people can't get their, their petroleum products from those two folks, then where did they turn other than the stars and stripes? Exactly. And this has been a solid bit of four years of work, first to allow us to lift the Jimmy Carter uh, ban on exporting crude oil, which we've done. Uh, And secondly, we've built facilities on the east, west, and Gulf Coast for LNG terminal exporting. We could do more. Uh, honestly, if we could export energy, more energy from the West Coast, but as you know, we're not able to export coal from the West Coast mm-hmm. because that's been banned in Washington, Oregon, and California, part of their hyper-denial that 
for our economy to expand, we must have abundant, stable, and affordable energy sources from all the above. Well, the bottom line is, you know, we're the Saudi Arabia of natural gas. We're the Saudi Arabia of coal. So can't couldn't they build a, a port that would be able to handle that down in, say, Louisiana? I got to believe that the people in Louisiana would love to see it go out from their ports. Yeah, you bet. One of the biggest uh, LNG exporting terminals we have is uh, there in Louisiana. And what's amazing, and that's the beauty of the free enterprise system, we're able to produce natural gas in Texas, for example, compress it, uh, transport it through a pipeline, take it out on a pipeline to uh, and liquefy it, and then put it on board a ship and transport it to Japan, and we can do that cheaper than they can buy it on the open market. Okay. Yeah. So that is as you say, gives an alternative to the Western economies, the G7 economies, to being dependent on volatile Middle Eastern sources or Russia. And we have LNG import facilities both on the Baltic and Northern Europe and on the Adriatic and Southern Europe purely to offer uh, distribution alternatives to Russia. It doesn't mean you don't buy Russian gas. It's closer. It's cheaper. That's perfectly fine. But if they ever try to use it in a wintertime blackmail, political blackmail operation, that's where the Stars and Stripes alternative can ride in on a white horse. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And Putin has been uh, not uh, – he's been pretty pretty open about that we could turn off your gas going into, for instance, NATO countries and – the president brought that up to them just a few months ago. Right. The president's he got so much criticism for that meeting with Putin last summer. But on both points, uh, diversification of energy and helping our friends in the European Atlantic uh, Council partnership, uh, you know, Trump was heavily criticizing for criticizing Germany for being too cozy with the Russians on a new natural gas pipeline. I didn't understand that uh, because it's a truth and a lot of, yeah, it's the truth. We spent a lot of money uh, engaged as a major defense partner in NATO. And we wanted both those things that the president outlined. We want countries to do 3% of GDP and defense expenditures. And we want uh, to help support Europe and its desire to have a diversified energy stream. These are good things. These strengthen NATO. They don't weaken NATO. They strengthen NATO. And so I, I really was mystified by the heavy, heavy criticism he came under for that. those remarks. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the economy and how it will play in 2020. I mean, there's no talent. It's 18 months away. The economy could run into a hiccup and have a really bad spell or something like that. I don't expect to see it happen, but it could. Anything is possible. But you've got Democrats that are running for the nomination for the Democratic Party that are poo-pooing. I mean, they are pointing their finger and talking about that, that, that the, what's happening in America is not good. And the American people aren't stupid. I mean, they know they got more money in a paycheck. They know they may have gotten a better job. They know that they can take their family on a vacation, buy a new car, maybe up their what house they're living in. 
I mean, how do the Democrats think they're going to win by pointing their finger and saying, it, you know, this is not the way to do things? Well, it's uh, you're right. Anything can happen. There could be shocks in the global uh, economic system from uh, oil shortages to uh, a new uh, armed conflict somewhere or a uh, sharp contraction in, in business somewhere that spills over. All those things are possible. And we've had 10 years now of expansion since the 0708 crisis and we're long overdue for um, a downturn. But if you look at hiring, you look at rising wages, something that, again, the opposition party says there aren't rising wages. That's untrue. There are wages, real wage increases up and down uh, the board. There are reduced regulatory costs in the economy that are encouraging. We are encouraging companies to come back to the U.S. and manufacture here with the tax code changes that in the 80s and 90s, that was a bipartisan objective. Now it seems to be only a Republican uh, objective. These things have all strengthened the U.S. position competitively. We're asked all the time, man, we appreciate the way your economy is growing. It helps our economy grow. Whereas Europe continues to slump with a banking system that's not competitive and undercapitalized that has not recovered from 07, 08, a regulatory system that gets more and more expensive because of the EU's approach to a nanny state, which is why you have Brexit, right. why you have other countries wanting to reduce the burden of, of EU regulation. So I'm, I remain right now, you know, like any former banker, you know, cautiously optimistic. And when I see a number like 275,000 new jobs uh, in the last month, that is strong. What are the risks? I mean, another risk is a failed uh, trade arrangement between China and the U.S. that compels President Trump to ratchet up sanction pressure. Uh, in my opinion, that would be tough on China, but it would be tougher probably on American consumers and American business, and it would be not good for economic growth, personal opinion. So trade uh, trade issues are at the heart of keeping this positive economic story going. Yeah. What do you think of uh... – I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm thinking grassly, but I don't think it was grass. Yeah. It was somebody else who made the statement that uh, Mr. Trump has to do something about what's happening with the Chinese or he'll not see his new Canada-Mexico bill or uh, treaty uh, get approved by the Senate. Was that a shout, well, a shout out to him? Was that a shot over the bow? Yeah, I think it was. That's not something um, um, I've heard. But if it was Grassley, Grassley comes from farm country. He comes from uh, corn and soybean country in Iowa. And look, our farmers are in their third bad year. We've had bad harvests and we've had bad weather, either on the planting side of the equation or the harvesting side of the equation over the last uh, two and a half or three years. So farm income is down. And then uh, when China last fall bought fewer soybeans, that also uh, 
hurt a market already hurt by weather conditions and and uh, poor quality crops. So, you know, that's a shot across the bow. But I can I can tell you that I don't I don't think we should connect those things. I believe that uh, Stephen Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary and the President, should fight for uh, the best deal they can get with uh, China. And I think the president's already demonstrated that he's negotiated a pretty good new deal to replace NAFTA. Mm -hmm. And what we need is Nancy Pelosi and Democrats to step up and join with Republicans and get NAFTA's replacement, the USMCA agreement, uh, through the Congress as soon as possible. Because that is so important to Arkansas, Dave. I mean, all this other stuff is, is important. But when you look at Arkansas jobs, 360,000 jobs out of our 3 million population, that's seriously tied to trade with Canada and trade with Mexico. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'd like to finish up our conversation talking about Venezuela. That's big in the news. I think we need to talk about that and also talk about uh, during the bar uh, questioning Uh, It looks like uh, A.G. Barr is going to go looking for the people who've been leaking at the FBI and the DOJ, and I'd like to talk to you about that. Great. We got the congressman on with us. Congressman Hill is with us from District 2 on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Final few moments that we have with uh, Congressman Hill. Congressman, uh, Secretary of State Pompeo said that the administration does not discount the use of military force in Venezuela. Uh, sen- or, uh, yeah, Senator Scott yesterday was being questioned about this, and he made the statement that with Maduro in, in command in in uh, Venezuela with Russia and China, the only two countries backing him, we cannot take the chance that we would, we would get a Syria in South America. Well, I think that that is a meddlesome objective potentially of Russia. As you say, the only countries backing Maduro, who is purely a, authoritarian thug backed by 25,000 Cuban mercenaries Mm -hmm. uh, plus his military. The only three countries are China, Russia, and Turkey have endorsed the Maduro regime. The Organization of American States and 50 countries are in support of the legislative leader, Guido. Uh, The United States supports him. We've had, obviously, Vice President Pence uh, to Colombia and others to give that support. You know, I don't, Maduro is making a mistake, which is he's not allowing, in my view, uh, anyone in the country with humanitarian aid. Kevin McCarthy just got back from uh, Bogota and went to the bridge on the border with Colombia. He told me today at lunch that 50,000 people come across that border every day from Venezuela to Colombia to try to buy food or medicine. Some go back in the afternoon. Others just either stay in Colombia or go on to another country. Uh, so Venezuela is 
killing its population and and bleeding at the seams. And so to me, the real issue and the role for the Organization of American States and for America is to try to get humanitarian aid to the people of Venezuela because they are starving to death and they are suffering catastrophic medical conditions. Well, and we can use them as a a perfect case study about why the Second Amendment is so important in our own country because there's been countless stories coming out of Venezuelans, expats all, saying that if we had guns, we could fight back. But Chavez took our guns back in 2012. Yeah, uh, it, this has been a plan underway since 2000 when when uh, Chavez took over. And last night, about 1130 last night, Eastern Time, I was working on a project and I flipped to the Guardian newspaper, no bastion of conservatism, but the English paper, The Guardian. And they posted a bunch of video from their correspondence there that shows you know, Maduro's thugs running over the protesters with their armed trucks. Yep. Now, come on. This is this is just not tolerable. So I hope uh, President Trump is getting good advice, but I know he's got the consistent support of leaders in Latin America to try to get the rightful uh, government put in place in Venezuela and then call a public election. All right. Last but not least, during the uh, bar hearings today, A.G. Barr said that there were many investigations into leaks at the FBI and Department of Justice. It's about time. Yeah, this was so encouraging. I mean, for since the summer of 2016, uh, when all this began, and we began to learn about bits and pieces of it through Comey's uh, discussions with the Congress. We know that there hasn't been an adequate investigation of what went on at the Department of Justice. And under the best efforts of the House and Senate committees, um, they made progress. I want to credit uh, the work here of the Oversight Committee, Jim Jordan and others. But it takes uh, the power of the executive branch and the subpoena power and the investigation power to do it. I was very glad to hear Bill Barr is going to get to the bottom of what the heck was going on in the Department of Justice and the FBI during the 2016 period and who was talking to the press in in the previous administration. Yeah, that really is important. I don't think people understand how important it is that you can't leak like a sieve Uh, to the press and expect to have a well-working administration? No, but, you know, it goes, I mean, I think all administrations suffer from general leaks to the press. This gets into matters under a national security investigation or a DOJ criminal investigation uh, and people leaking and gossiping there for political reasons. Uh, And so, anyway, I was pleased to see that Bill Barr answered Chairman Grassley's question, that that was something that he was fully committed to looking into. Congressman, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for giving us 30 minutes. We appreciate it. You can go back to work now. Take care, my friend. All right. Bye-bye now. All right. Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show and uh, a lot of uh, interesting discussion there uh, with him. Coming up in the next hour, 
We've got Joe from Joe's Garage. We'll uh, turn our attention for a few moments over to uh, your cars and your trucks, and we can talk about all the different things going on. Duck's not going to be here. He's out celebrating his 42nd or 43rd anniversary, so uh, he couldn't be here today. He and his wife are out enjoying some time uh, together uh, and remembering uh, memories and making new memories on on their anniversary and we want to congratulate them on the many years they've been uh they've been married but uh, joe's going to be coming over we're talking we're going to talk some about the uh, annual car show i have the uh the uh, website now it's been uh, taken care of and we'll talk about it in just a moment and uh, take and uh, give you the information that you need to know and where you need to go to be over and able uh, able to go and get your car ready to be in that show coming up on june 1st we're just a little over a month away be month away on saturday so dave ellswick show thanks that being with us today stay with us we got two more hours here on uh, 101.1 fm the answer <laughs> 